Okay, let's start off like this. So, um, you know, we're the hosts. Uh, my name is Andrew Roach. I'm with the Roach Family Real Estate Team. Uh, we uh, specialize uh, in the Milton area, uh, Halton region. We go into, uh, you know, North Halton. And a lot of our clients right now are moving out to Guelph, uh, Kitchener, Cambridge area just for affordability, lifestyle, et cetera. Um, so that's that's probably like a 20% of our market right now is our, our you know, our buyers and, and clientele are kind of just making that natural move. Uh, specialize mostly in young families for the most part, but that's not to say that, uh, you know, we can't help others, but that's kind of our niche. Uh, busy households, young families, that's kind of our, our bread and butter, just like us, right? So um, how about yourself there, Ross? Tell us a little bit about you. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, no, so yeah, Ross Bridges, uh, being in real estate now for over 12 years, I have my own team, the Ross Bridges real estate team. Um, my background is architectural technician and then also marketing. So it's real estate was a great fit for me. Um, in terms of target audience, I like to work with all demographics, uh, people moving up uh, into the market, whether it could be uh, you know, people that are downsizing or your first time buyers, pretty much uh, you know, anybody that needs help. You know? uh, same thing with you in terms of we've got a lot of people moving um, you know, out of the major city, more into the suburbs. I specialize in Oakville, Burlington, born and raised Oakville. I've been in Burlington now for 17 years and I reside in South Burlington. Uh, very blessed to call it home. And uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much my bread and butter. We help people move pretty much uh, from from the out of Toronto all the way into also parts of the Hamilton region as well, too. Yeah, South Burlington. I mean, wow, what a beautiful area, right? Like, um I love going down along the waterfront, like, you know, the, the older mature areas, um, uh, it's got a different feel to it. I mean, Milton's nice. So don't get me wrong. I, mean, I love Milton, uh, but I'm, I'm one of those, like, I'm like those, those type of people that just, I love like, not as, like I'm a little, I love real estate. I love real estate sales and all that stuff, but I love, I love real estate, like the actual asset itself. I love neighborhoods and I love the character that you can see when you go into different neighborhoods, right? Going into downtown Toronto. Like I always said, like if, if fate took us in a different direction and we weren't able to have kids, I'd live downtown Toronto for sure. No problem. Right. I love, I love the different areas of Toronto, the little different neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff. I love Milton. Uh, I love the, the young family atmosphere and, and how everything's close by. But, uh, but I love, you know, I love downtown Burlington. I love downtown uh, Oakville along the waterfront, the old areas, right? So like you said, you're blessed to live down there. It's beautiful down there. It's, it's gorgeous. I love the love you're giving out. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, a tr I'm a proud suburban, okay? So um, going to the city for me, a lot of my buddies, I was one of the very few that went west. They yeah. all from Oakville. Uh, most of my friends, shout out to all my buddies out there in Toronto. Uh, their their families are incredibly happy there. But uh, no, I'm definitely more of a suburban kid. I mean, we're we're blessed whether we're in in Milton or we're in uh, anywhere in in actually Hamilton is a, is a beautiful area that doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. Whether you're yeah. in Ancaster, Beamsville, uh, Stony Creek, uh, Waterdown, um, I love to go up there and explore. Halton Hills, there's another beautiful piece of land somewhere between you and I, right? So yeah, I'm yeah. sure you're helping a lot of people up in, in Halton Hills. That's a, a gorgeous area as well, too. Uh, my dad's up in Campbellville. Both my mom and sister are in Oakville. So uh, 
you know, that's, that's my stomping. You're Halton, you're Halton kid. You're I'm a Halton boy. Yeah. 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 There you go. Where where do you uh, so what what's what's your roots? Where did you where did you grow up, Andrew? Well, both my wife and I grew up in uh, in Kingston, Ontario, awesome. um, and we actually uh, we actually met each other in junior high and dated in junior high. Uh, so uh, I was in grade seven, she was in grade eight. Um, so that was kind of how we spent uh, uh, you know that year, whatever, and and uh, you know she went into high school and we kind of. Had a little, you know, you know, had that little childhood childhood crush kind of thing as you as you do back then, and we went separate ways, and we kind of for the most part stayed in touch, lost touch for a little while, but then we started chatting over, you know, ICQ at the time, if you remember that, um, dating myself a bit, but um, uh, yeah, started chatting. I was out west. Um, she had moved out west. I moved out just kind of whatever, and then we kept chatting, and then. Um, you know, you get stars aligned and we kind of got back together again. Right. So uh, that's where, that's where I'm from, uh, Kingston and, um, a little bit of a backstory on us anyway. Very cool. For, for our audience out there, you're probably wondering what the heck are these two realtors doing? Well, we, we basically wanted to create a show that's going to be not only fun, uh, give you insight on what's going on in the real real, real estate market, but also give you a kind of a day in day out perspective on, on some of the things we face so that we can educate you, entertain you, and hopefully uh, give you some laughs along the way. Uh, Andrew and I actually met in uh, in a coaching course together in Ajax. So we both, uh, <laughs> we both went all the way out there for a day and uh, we, we uh, hit it off. He actually invited me up for uh, lunch in Milton. I, uh, I happily accepted. And the rest is here, uh, history. We've been talking about doing this for uh, for several months, and uh, no time like the present. Yeah, so, yeah, almost a little uh, bit too long. Eh? You know, one of those things that we'll get to it, we'll get to it, get to it. So uh, here we are, getting it done. This is our our first uh, live one, so we we look forward to uh, learning from you. We're going to bring on some guests. Uh, we're going to basically try and give you guys what you want in terms of uh, audience. So um, you know. You can follow us on our YouTube channels, and we will give you a lot more as as time goes on. Um, I think today we really wanted to address, and I'll, I'll bring this openly up with you. We wanted to talk about the current market conditions. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, being a buyer, being a seller, um, both have their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, seems a heck of a lot, you know, harder to uh, to be a buyer right now. It's for sure. Um, but there's certain strategies at play that, that each you know, buyer can handle to try to uh, you know, uh, navigate this market. And at the same time, sellers, it seems like you know, they're, uh, you know, it's, you can, it just, it's just a win-win-win everywhere you go kind of thing. But uh, again, certain things that you need to, to take into consideration and, and, and do um, in order to maximize um, this market, right? The, the, the seller's market. So you know, I, I had a call last night actually from a gentleman you know, and it's, I mean, I understand it. I understand where the guy's coming from, but I had a call last night from the guy and just saying, you know, he, he's like, it's a, I can just stick a sign on the lot, right? Why do I need to pay a real estate agent? Right. And, and I mean, you know, Ross, I mean, you know, if you stick a sign on the lot, are you going to sell your house in this market? Sure. You will. Of course. And there's too many buyers out there. Right. Um, but you know, are you going to maximize the value of the house? We sold the house, uh, just, just, uh, firmed up on it. Uh, yesterday, I got the deposit check uh, yesterday. And, you know, when we were buying for that those clients, um, 
We first met with them about a month before, uh, gave them a valuation of their home of, at a, about a million fifty. Um, we, uh, you know, we were out there looking for houses, whatever. Finally, found them a house. It wasn't long, but we found them a house. And then, um, you know, by that time, he said, uh, you know, we we're getting. Sorry, I apologize. I fast forward a little bit. You know, getting out there, whatever. At that time, I said, you know, I think your house is probably going to be in the one point ones now. So they were happy about that. So that they kind of upped their budget a, a smidge, which allowed them to get into the house that they actually ended up buying. And, um, you know, by the time we were kind of like solidifying that deal, uh, he says, you know, what are the chances of getting the 1.2? And I said, you know what? I'm not sure 100%. I, I think it's a possibility. Went home, did, you know, crunch some, some data a little bit, looked at comps. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? 1.2 is in play. Uh, long story short, we just sold it, um, I guess, the night before last for 1.29. So we we're almost touching the 1.3 mark, right? right on. And in fairness, I mean, there was a lot of work that we put into that one, um, naturally. But, you know, listen, you, yeah, could somebody would have more than likely stuck a sign on the lawn, um, you know, and, uh, and they probably and they would have sold it. No question, they would have sold it. Absolutely. And it probably would have gone into multiple offers, etc. Uh, but I would I would hazard the guess that I bet you they probably end up would have gotten like maybe the 1.2. Right, maybe almost 1.2, depending on where they're listed and, and the agents that came to the table. Right, but yes, you know that, that's that's kind of that's the reality, right? What are you gonna What are you gonna try to save a couple thousand bucks, right? Um, and, and miss out on on the upside. So, from a seller's perspective, there's a lot that needs to be done as well in this type of a market. On a buyer's buyer's perspective, you know, you know, I I don't know how you're handling uh, your your clients because again. I think that that every market is a little bit different is as much as there's a lot of similarities. I think, you know, there's what, where you are in the market as far as price point, uh, the type of home that you're looking for, the specific neighborhood that you're looking in, uh, outside influences, right? Negative or positive, whatever the case may be, they're all a little bit different, right? And as a buyer, you know, what are some things that, uh, you know, that you can do to, you know, give yourself the the better chances of getting that done. I, I mean, I got a bunch of ideas, but I've been talking for like five minutes straight here. Uh, you know, Ross, what like what are some of the things that you're doing with your buyers right now that are like really helping them lock down a deal? Uh, well, thanks for asking, Andrew. I mean, there's when I'm preparing my buyers, a huge part of it is is uh, preparation. Um, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit maybe later. We both can about uh, bully offers, preemptive mm-hmm. offers. Uh, you know, ten percent of the time there's an opportunity there. Um, Off-market properties, uh, you know, both uh, myself and Andrew, we have access to a lot of homes that haven't even hit the market. Um, so a lot of people, they're, they're looking on MLS. Uh, you really do want to have buyer uh, representation so that you know that you're protected. Uh, the listing agent, they are only looking out for, well, I shouldn't say only, but their priority is to look out primarily for the seller. Uh, we do go into obviously um, multiple representation in a lot of the cases where we could be, um, but the reality is is they have to do um, first and foremost what is best for the seller. Preparing the buyers. I mean, a lot of the questions sometimes will get asked. Well, where am I going to move? Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest questions in preparing our clients is, are they going to buy first or sell first? Yeah. A lot of the times, the best thing to do is to sell first. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna know exactly what you've cleared from your home, and you're gonna be in a position to say you know exactly what you can afford for your next home. Uh, we've got some amazing lenders, uh, you know, mortgage specialists, brokers that can assist you 
and ensuring that obviously you're going to know your your budget for your new home, whether it's downsizing um, or or you're buying a larger home. Now, going back to you know different price points, are you looking at a condo, uh, you know freehold, townhouse, detached home? Right now, there's um, we would agree that there's a little it's a little easier to help people buy condos right now. Yeah, hundred um, percent. If we go a little bit further east, there's a little bit more of a saturation point, but I am seeing them selling more in competition now. Right. Um, but it's a lot easier. Say, for example, if you're thinking about downsizing, you've been in your beautiful home for a while and you're like, well, I wanted to move into a condo townhome or even just uh, into a beautiful building. That's actually an easier transition than if you're um, if you're moving from your condo and you want to get into a townhouse uh, freehold, well, then that's a conversation about, okay, well, what are we going to get for your condo? And maybe you should be buying first so that you have an idea of what you're getting into. And then, you know, the things that we're commonly addressing are, are the schools. Um, you know, another thing that you and I have to hear all the time is, well, why is a home not priced accordingly? Why are they underpriced to, to create these bidding wars? Well, there's, there's, a few parts for that. First of all, our job is to create the most attention on that property possible. Our job is to drive as many people there and to get the largest target audience so that we're doing right by our clients. Um, you know, sometimes the, 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 the seller might say, well, we want to price it a little bit lower. Um, and other times they say, no, I want to price it way higher. Well, you know, would you rather attract, you know, 5% of your audience to be looking at all the properties or would you rather be attracting 95 100 plus percent of looking at the properties um in our experience i know that when andrew and i talk about these things uh you know we find that the best thing to do is uh we, we price it accordingly and then we, we, through our marketing through our uh all the connections that we have across all the boards that we use we're driving as much attention to that property as possible so other than a purple bricks where they're saying, hey, tomorrow we're going to look at offers at 12 o'clock in the day and there's two offers and it sells. They're not getting nearly the same uh, return on your investment. So just just be careful when you're looking at your your options for um, for making that move. Yeah, all, all really good points. And actually, it's funny because, uh, you know, we like you said, like we had some like opening discussions some kind of like pilots, if you will uh earlier on and we talked about times that we were going to disagree i just didn't think it was going to be on the very first show <laughs> so, so uh i'm going to chime in just quickly uh, actually you know what i don't know if we're going to do it now or, or we can do it later well actually you know, okay i'll do it later what i want to talk about is the buying first or the selling first um you know uh, that that'll be the thing that i think that you and i put, might disagree on and like i said before like i'm not you know ross and i have uh we're in different markets we have different approaches um, you know, et cetera. Right. So it's, it's not that one's wrong and, and the other one's right uh, at all. It's a different approach. And so let's, let's take it like that. When we, if we have a disagreement, it's just uh, two experts in the industry, um, you know, coming at a problem from a different angle. So um, awesome. So, so, so let's talk about that uh, a little bit later on, but one of the things, uh, just so we don't go off topic, because God knows I will go off topic. <laughs> we will. So, so let's talk about uh, quickly. One of the things you would talk about was uh, in your opener, right? Like, like bully offers, uh, pricing the property intentionally low. Um, 
you know, I, and I think one of the biggest questions that we have right now, it just the uncertainty with this market that a lot of people are kind of struggling over is number one, why is the market going up so fast, right? Why, why are prices just taking off? Um, and then the, the, like the lack of understanding as to, you know, um, you know, if list price, the assumption I should say is that list price is market value. And I think we want to stress that that certainly is not the case in a market like this. Listing price, um, I would say, and, and maybe you've got a different opinion here, but I'd say probably 90% of the time is uh, is below market value uh, right now, right? Uh, like you said, int- listed intentionally low, try to get that bidding war, try to make it seem like there's a deal. Um, and I know that a lot of our clients, and this is the same in 2017, like we're seeing a lot of similarities in this market that we saw in 2017. So we can kind of go back with a degree of hindsight, right? And, and look at, uh, you know, what were the outcomes, but, you know, buyers right now, uh, just like back then are, con- are conditioned already to have to spend, um, you know, 50, 70, hundred thousand dollars over asking, right? And if agents right now, whether they're playing the game intentionally, if they're trying to that to do that uh, as their as their primary strategy, or they're just being forced into that strategy because the market demands it and, and the buyers are conditioned that way, um, if buyers are looking at again, let's just you know arbitrarily say, okay, their budget's nine hundred thousand. If you're looking for houses that are nine hundred thousand, there's a really good chance in this market that that's that's too high. Right, it's too high. You probably realistically should be looking at around the the eight eight twenty five eight forty kind of mark, right? As as a realistic number to in this market uh, get under that nine hundred thousand dollar mark. And again, the big asterisk here is depending on what you're buying, right? Uh, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a big. It's not one. You know, you paint everything with one brush, uh, like you said, um, Ross. Like. You know, are you are you in a condo now? Are you buying a condo right now? Um, are you in Milton? Are you in Halton region at all? Are you in Are you in um, you know, Hamilton or in Toronto or you know where are you buying right? And, and where does that nine hundred thousand dollar mark in, in this example? Where does that fit within that market's condition? Is that high? Is that medium? Is that low? Right? You know, we, we're seeing. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of this, right? I'm not. It's not my market, but the London market is just exploding right now with like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 offers um, about about a month ago. There was a property that had 70 offers on it. Who's the agent that goes in there, the 70th offer? And he's like, oh, you know what? I think I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you telling know? me I got a chance. And <laughs> <laughs> I got a chance, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, it's it's a challenging market. It's a challenging market to be to be a buyer, and so um, I think that you want to like. I've got a lot of theories as to you know why the market is going up so much. Uh, I've done a lot of data crunching. Um, you know, do you, I don't know how, how many uh, w- what your thoughts are on 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 why it's happening. Um, I could probably talk for ten minutes straight on it. So if you want to have a have a, an opportunity to give some insight, uh, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we can go over together a bunch of things. So we'll start by giving you, the audience, uh, clients, people out there listening, an idea of what a bully offer is. So yeah. we, we touched on it a couple of times, and I think I just want to give you a definition. So bully offer, a lot of times there's offer dates where 
you're going out to look at a home. And so you're looking at it on, and typically it's a week. So you look at it on, you know, Monday or Tuesday, and then there's an offer that following week. Okay. So you have a time to get things uh, prepared. Now, uh, maybe 10, 15% of the time, there is an opportunity to put an offer in beforehand where you build that relationship where us as clients, as us as realtors, we have existing relationships or we've taken the, the time to build a relationship with the other agent to just say, are your sellers in a situation where they would be prepared to look at a bully offer? Now, a bully offer um, is basically a firm offer where you have uh, a bank draft in hand and it's typically significantly higher than the list price. So, you know, for all you analytical uh, consumers out there, Andrew and I, we're going to talk a little bit of numbers where maybe condos right now, they're going for 97 to 105% of list price right now. Um, we're looking at townhomes that they could be. And again, this is a broad spectrum, but remember, we're targeting the, the GTA market right now. So we're looking, Andrew is a specialist in Milton, myself as an Oakville Burlington specialist, and then what we're seeing in the surrounding marketplaces that, that our teams deal with as well too. So uh, freehold, um, freehold is very powerful. Everybody is way more in tune with freehold than they want to have to deal with condos for, for townhomes. So I would say freehold townhomes are probably going upwards of 110 to 115, 20%. And then uh, detached homes would be in a similar conversation uh, and then we have the question of uh, turnkey, if the homes have been freshly renovated or if they're more of a fixer-upper. We, we noticed that typically homes that are more turnkey uh, would end up going for, typically we see more offers and obviously they go for more money as well too. Supply and demand. Uh, right now, like what is fair market value? There is not a lot going on right now. So real estate has become a hot hot item. We, it's almost bordering on entertainment for people right now with, uh, you know, not being able to go to their homes. Uh, another thing that Andrew touched on on the pilot is appraisals and evaluations. And, you know, we have to protect you that you understand that uh, if you're making a big jump up and you're buying a home that's well over list price, that you understand that you could be on the hook for paying the difference in appraisal. So just to give you a a quick analogy, and I'm going to pass this back to Andrew. Say, for example, the a bank appraiser comes in at 750, and the home is more. It comes back in and saying, "No, the the home uh, they ended up paying 800,000 for it." Well, the bank is only going to allow you the mortgage um, with after you put your down payment for up to that 750. So you are responsible for paying that additional money. So if you're if you're moving up in the market, this could be a huge, huge below. If you're, if you're downsizing and you have that equity and you realize, you know, we're going to be here for a long time. Um, you know, one thing that I say to my clients more often than not is, uh, you know, if, if we keep doing this, we're going to be looking for less house for more money. It's very frustrating. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to pass it back over to you, Andrew, in terms of, uh, some of your opinions on, on that as well, too. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's, I mean, great point as far as the appraisals go um, and, and market value. And one of the things that we talk about our clients all the time is especially when they're like when they're buyers um, is, you know, when you're looking at a house and you're, and you're and you find something online that you're very interested in, um, you know, whether whether you 
just kind of been out there snooping around outside of your your um, you know search criteria, but something that we sent you and you're interested in, um, I would say like don't not only don't hesitate, but please do uh, reach out and say, hey, what do you think this will sell for? Because um, you know like we touched on it before about you know buying what what list price is and what market value is and you know to uh, you know to to uh, Ross's point about like if if this if this thing sells for 800 if you if you go and you buy it for 800 but it was listed at you know 7 or 650 you know market value maybe you maybe you push market value cuz you got in a bidding war and you blew everybody out of the water and maybe arguably and i say market value let's let's touch on that for just a quick second say well what's market value right the the definition of market value is what a willing buyer and what a willing seller agree upon without any like um outside pressures or influences right like somebody's homeless and they have to buy a house right now like without like doesn't even matter or else you're gonna you're gonna be living on the street well that's outside influence right that's not just you know a willing buyer willing seller right or if you're like you know, you're just in a financial jam and you have to sell your house and it doesn't even matter if you sell it way below market value. That's outside influence. Like that's not a, that's just a not, not a, uh, it wouldn't be considered a market value. And so generally we'd be looking for, you know, no less than three, but ideally five, six, seven comparable homes that have sold in a rough, rough, you know, bracket. That would be, that would benchmark it as market value. If you're blowing that out of the water, right? If market value is 750 and and you're saying 800 or eight or 850, that's paying way above market value. Forget about list price for just a second, right? Because that's what I'm trying to like, trying to coach and tell people, uh, our buyers right now, that try not to get focused on list price. Try to, to we, we use it as a gauge right now to try to find houses that, that will roughly be what you're looking for. But in this market, like your realtors have to be working for you like, way more than they would typically have to do it, right? We have to be doing research and research and research and research into every type of home and every type of neighborhood to be able to say, this house that's listed at $699, it'll sell for $825, right? Forget about list price. So that way, you know, I feel confident, you should feel confident that, um, you know, to, to Ross's point, that you don't blow somebody out of the water and are you going to be able to get that appraisal? Is an appraiser going to be able to come in and say, you bought it for 825. I can support that with three to five other homes, right? So the, so that the bank who is going to be lending to you isn't lending more capital and putting themselves at more risk than the property is worth, right? So, um, you know, try to like really use the, use the listing price as a, as a gauge, but don't use a listing price as um, an indication of what market value is. Had another client um, just a couple of weeks ago whose budget is 900,000, right? They're like, for the perfect home, I'll pay 900,000. Perfect home comes along. I swear to God, I don't think I've seen a more excited couple in a house before. And I'm like, it's a beautiful house. It checks all of their boxes. It was perfect. And I said, you know, what do you think it's going to sell for? And I said, I think it'll sell between you know, 875 to 900, right? And uh, long story short, it sold for 900. They only went in at, at eight, uh, 835 max. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, and after it, he said, you know what? It's too bad they listed so low. Who cares what they listed at? 
right? I mean, I understand that, but don't get caught up on that. Don't let that be your decision-making, right? The factor is, so what are they listed at? You know, if you can get your mind out of list prices, market value, so that you don't have this feeling like you're paying $100,000 more than it's worth. List price these days is not market value. It's, it's, you know, it's like going to Canadian Tire and that toolbox has been on sale for four and a half years, you know, 50% off for four and a half years and it's never changed, right? That's, that's the price. <laughs> you know what I mean? Forget about the, what, what, you know, the sticker price is, you know, you just look at what's the thing worth, you know, that was maybe a bad analogy because I kind of went the other way, but no, that was a good analogy. I, I think one of the things we got to take really, I mean, I, I, what you're saying is awesome because at the end of the day, we need to paint a picture to everyone out there. Some people are just getting started. Some people have no idea that this, this is the reality of, of the markets where they're going so high. So, um, you know, we can send you recent comparables, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, comparables have to be like what's sold in the last week or so. True. And, uh, yeah. you know, fair market value. I couldn't agree more with what you said. It's as much as, uh, one person's prepared to pay for your home. So if they can afford it, um, you know, and then the other things that obviously we want to do to pr protect you is you can do home inspections prior to putting in an offer. Yeah. Uh, now in this market, if we're listing homes and uh, Andrew and I are available for anyone out there, if they want an evaluation on their home, um, one of the things we can do is we can do a pre-home inspection. Now a buyer might come to the table and they might not be like, well, I don't trust their home inspection. I'm going to do my own home inspection. But you have to remember, like, we use very reputable companies where it's not the one-off home for them. They have to make sure that their reputation uh, for the whole industry of, of real estate for when they're doing it is they're on point. So we use people that are highly regarded as some of the top professional home inspectors, whether you're selling or buying. So that's one of the ways that we can protect you. Um, Andrew actually is a background as, as a mortgage uh, broker. So in terms of one of the things that we have to do for our clients is, is to make sure that they're pre-approved and to make sure that they've got everything in, in line. A, a lot of it could be uh, car payments, uh, could be outstanding um, debts that you don't even realize are going to affect, um, you know, obviously what you can buy for a home. Getting another thing, I mean, the biggest gift you can get if uh, if parents, um, if, if you're a first time buyer, you know, and your parents are willing to gift you that 10, 15, $20,000, that could be the difference between you buying a home and not. That that little extra money, um, you know, it's the best gift, uh, you know, a lot, of, um, a lot of people can do. If you're not fortunate enough to be in that situation, then we have um, other lenders that you can work with. You know, if you're buying a condo too, then the, the equivalent to a home inspection would be a status certificate. Status certificates for you out there, you know, when we're, when we're talking to clients, they don't always know what a status certificate is, but it's going to tell you how well um, taken care of that building is with reserve funds, the, the money taken to manage the, the corporation, uh, the age of the, the building, the bylaws, and, and many other things that stipulations for pets and, and other things to ensure that uh, you're going to be happy where where you're living. So, um, you know, just, just an overview on some of the things that you can expect uh, in, in this market. Yeah. Uh, all great points. Um, and it, I mean, extremely valuable and, and, and extremely relevant. Um, the pre-approval, um, you know, I can't stress that enough. 
can't stress that enough in this market, uh, in any market, but just, man, this market, you got to know, um, you know, the, 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 I'm just fell off my chair. <laughs> fell off my chair. Um, you know, the, um, you know, with the way that the market is, you know, it's unfortunate and it, and it really, it sucks. But if for the most part, if you're not going in firm, uh, to buy a house these days, you've got a very slim chance of getting the home, a very slim chance. And if, and if you do go in with conditions, you're paying for it. Like you're paying like 10, 15 grand at least. And even still I've had clients, uh, I've been on the, uh, you know, been a listing agent and seen offers come in and they've got conditions and I've heard the emotion and the struggle and the rationale from my sellers to say, you know, this is a done deal and yeah, it's $10,000 more, but who knows if, I don't know if they're, if they're approved, like, I don't, are they just going to back out? Right. Like people want to know for sure. Right. And, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole just yet, but this is where, you know, you and I might disagree as far as like buying and selling first, that'll be, a, that'll be applicable. Right. But I think that might be our next show. Well, maybe it will, because maybe it'll be a big topic. I want to, I want to throw one thing in there. Just, just yeah. the importance, like if there's one major, major lesson that I want to say for all the sellers out there, one thing that you can guarantee. So Andrew and I are emphasizing the, you know, for, for buyers and sellers out there protecting themselves. If you're a seller, and you've got, it's gone into a crazy bidding war, okay? And you're sitting there with two offers at the end of the day. And the one offer has the bank draft. And they're both firm offers, right? You're talking about the bank draft. You're talking about deposit at this point, right? Deposit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Deposit, bank draft, um, yeah. So the one has a deposit, a certified deposit, okay? And the other one, it says that they're going to get their deposit tomorrow. Okay. So you, you wake up tomorrow morning and you've accepted this offer that did not, uh, did not have a deposit. Well, guess what? You're there. It's the offer is now null and void. Okay. So just to make sure you're very aware that it could be firm, but if you don't have that actual deposit, those certified funds, that bank draft, then there is no uh, completed deal. So just if there's one lesson that I can emphasize, I know Andrew's obviously something that he's faced as well too. We want to protect you. This is um, an opportunity for us to educate you and see it from our our perspective as well as well too. Yeah. So I mean, you kind of yeah. So you you took the pre-approval uh, almost to the next level. You're talking about like the deals, uh, you know, um, being complete, the, the contract, the buy, the purchase agreement, you know. Um, becoming complete from a, from a seller's perspective as well. Um, so let's touch it just, just to, just to clarify and differentiate between, you know, your comment and my comments, right? So yeah, I'm specifically talking about um, a buyer getting an approval. Ross was talking about a seller uh, accepting an agreement, right? So just to se- just to separate that for those that are, that are new to real estate, first time buyers, just kind of starting to get some information about it. But as far as the, you know, I'll just go, go back to the pre-approval just to, just to kill that point for a second. Uh, you know, going back to the pre-approvals, you know, that is, when I say get a pre-approval, I mean, like, don't just go into the bank or don't just call up the, you know, your, your, your financial advisor or, or your, you know, your checking person. I don't even know what they call them, bank advisor. Um, I, I've, I've, I've had clients burned too many times in the past. Mm-hmm. Um 
when I was in when I was a mortgage broker, as a mortgage broker for four years before I got into real estate, I had a lot of clients that um, went to the bank, thought that they were approved, pre-approved because they the bank said, yeah, you can afford this much. And now they're coming to me in a scramble because they went out and bought something and the bank said no. And now I've got a day and a half to try to get them financing, right? Um, you know, as I dug into that, you know, there was a commonality. And it, what it was is, unfortunately, an inexperienced frontline person uh, at the bank behind, you know, behind the desk or, or behind the, the, you know, the, one of the tellers or something like that, they don't understand the, the process of packaging a mortgage application. They don't understand all the things that influence, uh, you know, what an underwriter is going to be looking at to say, okay, this is a safe deal for the, for the bank. We're, we're okay with accepting this risk, right? So, you know, Ross, you touched on it a little bit earlier. You just kind of grazed over it. But like, when you go into a pre-approval, you're not just telling them, I make $100,000 a year. And then they say, oh, okay, you make $100,000 a year. Well, then you can afford a seven or you know five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right? You they got to know, they got to pull your credit. What's your credit score? How many things are showing up on on your credit that are, that are outstanding balances? And not outstanding like delinquent, but outstanding like you have payments that you make regularly. You touch on it. A car loan. Mm -hmm. uh, do you carry a balance on credit cards? How many credit cards do you have? Do you have a student loan still? Do you have a, an unsecured line of credit? You know. If you're a homeowner as well, do you have a line of credit? A lot of the times people, I, I talk to them, they say, I have no mortgage. Okay, you're mortgage-free. Yeah, but I have a line of credit. Oh, you have, no, you have you know, they don't understand that a line of, a home equity line of credit, it's a mortgage. I mean, it's the same thing. It's a lien. It's it's a loan with the, with your primary residence have, or your, you know, the, the, the building, the, the piece of real estate is the collateral. It's a mortgage, right? So all these little things. Um, how much down payment? A couple other things to that list as well, too. Um, you know, please, guys, if you're if you're if you purchased a home, don't go out and buy a car. <laughs> don't, go, don't go out and buy furniture. Do not change jobs. Don't right. be in the process of looking for home and then telling us, "Hey, I just changed jobs." Right. Okay. Well, you know, the banks are looking for history. They are looking to see. What is the bottom line? And, and they're a business. I would argue the biggest business on the planet today. Um, one of the things that Andrew and I will use with our clients, uh, additional sales tools that we use to separate us from the pack is a letter of commitment from the bank, uh, otherwise known as a pre-approval, where a bank can facilitate. I know RBC, they were, they were recently uh, saying that they were guaranteed approval. Okay. There are other financial institutions out there where um, guarantees, if you're analytical or you just wanna be protected, you're just, you know, you're that person you wanna be protected. These are things that we know. Now, if you're downsizing and you're in a position where you know you've got the cash in hand, you don't even need to, you don't need pre-approval, okay? If you're, if you're coming from that position of strength and you understand this, then this, this is irrelevant. This is more for people moving up in the market that are needing to borrow money from the bank to put themselves in that position to buy, to move out of the condo, to move into a townhome. But the, the letter of commitment, and then please don't be going to buy furniture, cars, or, <laughs> or changing jobs. It's a good um, point. It's a very good point. I mean, it happens, right? It happens. It's like three months before, you know, they're like, I, you know, I'm thinking move. They're like, wow, I wanted to buy a new car. 
<laughs> right. I didn't have, you know, I haven't had a car payment for the last, you know, three years, but I need a new car. So now I've got a $750 a month car payment. And, and buy right. furniture after you've taken yeah. possession. And your car. And your car. And your car. And your car. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, this. I got going off topic, but I can't help it. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. renters going and getting a dog and a cat, like right before. It's like the first thing they do, right? <laughs> Couples come together. I like you. You like me. Let's buy a dog. And yeah. And then we'll go and rent a house, right? No, get the dog when you own your own house. Don't try to be a renter and trying to find, uh, don't, you know, don't get a dog or a cat and then try to find a, a rental. That's another show for That's another uh, show. helping people find a place to rent with pets. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's go back before, uh, the, otherwise I'll never do it. I'm glad that I'm taking notes here because uh, normally I would totally squirrel, never get, get back to that. So go Yeah. So let's kill this pre-approval thing once and for all. Yeah, um, just make sure that they, that you go and talk to a mortgage broker, not a bank person. If it is a bank person, it needs to be one of their mobile mortgage reps. One better, Andrew. Contact Andrew Roach or Ross Bridges, and we will put you in contact say, with say, our who do you mortgage use? advisors. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, I don't just, I'm not just going to say one name on here. Okay. Um, I could say like Sean Smith has been amazing for me. Uh, there's there's um, Jeff Ames, uh, a new guy, Chris Jackson, who's been amazing in terms of helping clients. I think it comes down to uh, Jessica De Silva. There's there's a group of people that you want to make sure that it's kind of like a home inspector, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. You as a professional, Andrew, yeah, me as a professional, I want to customize it to what's in my client's best interest. Yeah. It's, it's uh, not one size fits all. Uh, there's different products out there. What type of lender do they need? Are they looking for their dream home or is it a first time buyer? Yeah. So, yep. um, you know, there's many different people, but contact us. And we will put you in contact with the best uh, mortgage advisors. I mean, maybe you want to do a plug. I know that you were telling me um, about a, a, a woman that you've been using for a while. Maybe you could you might want to plug one or two people that you think are are leaders uh, in in your area as well, too, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots. I mean, there's lots, and and I think what we're we've talked about this as well. Let's we'll get them on. We'll get them on a show. Uh, get a get a handful of them on a show. Whether we rotate them, and again, like just just like we talked about earlier, Ross. You know, you ha- you're attacking something from one angle. I'm attacking something from another angle. It doesn't mean that that I, one of one's wrong, one's right. Same thing. You know, mortgage brokers will come on, and they'll have their own niche. They'll have the specialty. They'll have their favorite lenders, right? And um, again, with the experience that I had as a mortgage broker uh, before I got into real estate, um, you you're you get to know like a handful of lenders very well, and relationships can't be understated, right? A relationship that a mortgage broker will have with an underwriter is is worth its weight in gold, right? It's just really? not that a relationship has weight. That was a bad analogy, but the weight of the person, right? Um, it's uh, it, it's it's incredible, and and you know. Um, you know, one mortgage broker might be, might have a great relationship with, you know, company Y and another one with, you know, company X and, and whatever the case may be, both of them are great. They're both great and they'll both get it done kind of thing. Right. But, you know, it's, it's, um, it, you know, it, not, not one person is going to be better than the other per se. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's better to have someone that, that has a, a good background and a good, um, uh, a lot of experience to getting stuff done. And 
some and problem solving and good relationships with lenders, like I said, right? So um, good point, Ross. And you know, there's good mortgage brokers, bad mortgage brokers, good real estate agents, bad real estate agents, good car salesmen, bad car salesmen, bad lawyers. The reason we're doing the show, everyone, is is to allow you guys to gather information. So there we know there are I mean we're sponges. We 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 do this for a living. This is this is what we do. We are specialists. Uh why are you why are you hiring us to help you? Well, because we've done it many, 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 many times, and we're gonna do it many, many more. And we see different scenarios, situations where you're um you're using us for our experience. Yeah. It's our experience that sets us apart. You might understand the process or you might have an an inkling and a basic understanding, but it's us to help you fill in those gaps. Uh, you know, I use uh, the slogan "bridging the gap between buyers and sellers." It's a it's a play on my last name. Nice, uh, love it. Thank, thank you, Andrew, one. for allowing me to say. I don't that. think that I don't think uh, that roaching the gap works quite the same. <laughs> no, but you. I'll try have it. A beautiful family business, and we're very blessed. But what? W- why we're doing this, guys? Gather the information from us. Reach out. Ask us questions. That's why we're here. That's why we put this show together out there to make sure that we're giving you, the audience, what you want, what you deserve, what you need. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Wrapping it up. um, Well, I shouldn't say wrapping up, but this point anyways, uh, you know, the home inspection, you know, again, trying to buy a house firm. um, It's challenging. You know, you can buy, get a home inspection done beforehand, right? You got to book, you got to, you got to coordinate that with a listing agent. Um, you may have to say to your home inspector, I need a quicker done, get it done quicker, right? I mean, a typical home inspection for the home inspector that we use, you know, on, a, on an average side detached home, you're two and a half, maybe three hours on a, on a, if it's larger, right? You're realistically not going to get a home inspection done or get, get a three hour time blocking uh, in, in this type of market, right? So, but there's things you can do to have a good once over, look at the big stuff. Right. Look at your your furnace. Is that going to be need to repaired or replaced? How old is it? AC, same thing. That's going to be like a four thousand dollar repair or, or, or replacement. Um, any cracks in the foundation? I, I, I almost you know the cracks in the foundation can almost be like um, can be almost overstated to a degree. They can re- some usually they can be a relatively easy fix. Five hundred bucks crack injection that come with a lifetime warranty, right? So there's things that we can have those discussions if that kind of stuff comes up. Don't be afraid of that kind of stuff. Roof, you know, when's that going to be need to be done? The big ticket stuff, right? You can get that done ahead of time to give you that peace of mind, right? And it's so that you can go in firm on a deal uh, with with like 100% confidence outside of, am I going to be able to afford it? Am I, do I have, a, is my budget big enough? Let's just say that. Not am I going to be able to afford it, but. And a selling agent should allow you to be able to do a home inspection. Yeah. So, just provided it's not crazy busy. Like I've, I've had some listings that like we, the first, like I, I was blocked out. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. have any, I didn't, any appointments. Left. And that was, those were half hour increments. Those are half hour appointments. And that's where, if there is a pre existing home inspection where if the seller agent was nice enough yeah. to, uh, or respectful enough in a market like this to do a, a pre-listing inspection, uh, then it's nice to have that as well too. Now you're not always going to have that, right? Yeah. So um, then you know uh, it comes down to your uh, your expertise. Uh, you could potentially do a walkthrough where um, where your home inspector is going with you, literally for for your um, <laughs> your showing, right? Um, 
and, and sometimes you just have to look out. So the biggest things are obviously your foundation. Um, you know, that's always going to be the number one. Andrew touched on the mechanical systems of the furnace and the air condition. You need to know by the age of the home. You need to have a good sense and, and you have to trust your realtor in terms of the way that they're they're directing you as well, too. Um, if they yeah, have a background, sure. I have a background in, in construction restoration. Um, you know, I'm not the greatest when it comes to furnaces and mechanical systems in terms of the age, but I have a, enough knowledge to say, you know, if this is something that you should be worried about. Um, and, and that's something that Andrew and myself will do to to advise you guys, um, you know, and, and then the people on our team, the extension of, of uh, Andrew and myself as well, too. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, lean, lean on us for uh, our experience and, and our connections, right? I only work with people that, uh, that, that, that are good and, and that I've used personally, that I've personally used multiple times, right? And I'm, I'm very loyal. I don't have, you know, I can't, I'm not going to give you a list of 17 people that are like, here, call one of them. It's, it's going to be one, maybe two. These are our go-tos because that's who I use all the time because that's who I like and, and trust and, I, and I've got great results from. So, of course, everybody's, you, you can always use whoever you want, right? If, if your uncle or your best friend or someone else you use in the past was great for you, that's cool. Um, but if you don't have those connections and you're worried about not you know, making the wrong choice, um, we've got great connections. So, And to touch on that point briefly, a lot of the times, like, you know, if it's a trust issue where you're thinking like, you know, people that maybe we're suggesting... You know, we've we've gone through trial and tribulations with certain lawyers or home inspectors or mortgage specialists. And at this point in our careers, we want to make sure that we're we're guiding you. Our reputation is is critical for for us. Right. Without our reputation, um, you know, we don't have much. So at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we're guiding you with people that we trust that you're going to have a great end result. You're going to get information and educated on those systems, on that financing, so that you know exactly where you have to be. You have to save more for a down payment, or you, you know exactly what you got to do so that we can help you be successful in, in buying or selling yeah. and buying and selling. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the first show. Uh, keep on, keep on, uh, checking back often. We'll get a bunch out to you uh, quickly uh, for some good content, good information, uh, understanding and navigating the current real estate market. Um, but um, unless you got anything else to touch on, but we'll sign off for now and uh, see us on the next show. Andrew Roach and Ross Bridges signing off. All right. Awesome. Thanks guys for listening. We'll see you guys soon.